The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents a 25th Silver Anniversary College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, here's your host, Phil Houck. The Notre Dame Navy Series started in 1927 as an expression of admiration between the two schools. Then, during World War II, when many colleges were struggling to find students, the Navy established Notre Dame as a training center. This act saved the university from economic ruin. At that time, out of gratitude, Notre Dame expressed its intention to indefinitely continue the series so long as Navy was willing. That is how it started and why it has lasted. And here's how it's going. It is well known that the Irish mostly have dominated the series, having won 43 straight beginning in 1964. But during the time Fighting Irish Preview has been on the air, the last 25 years, there have been some epic battles between the two that we've talked about here and some wins by the midshipmen. Fighting Irish Preview started in 1997, and for the first 10 years, the Irish beat Navy. But there were some narrow escapes. In 1997, it took Alan Rossum knocking a Navy receiver out of bounds at the one-yard line as time expired to preserve a one-score Irish win. In 1999, Notre Dame got the benefit of a questionable spot after a fourth down play and was able to keep possession and run out the clock to preserve a four-point victory. In 2002, Ty Willingham's first team had to score 15 points in the fourth quarter to come from behind for a narrow win. In 2003, DJ Fitzpatrick kicked a 40-yard field goal as time expired to break a tie and secure another Irish win. Then, in year 11, Things got really interesting. In 2007, Navy finally ended the 43-game futility in triple overtime with a 46-44 win when a Travis Thomas two-point conversion run was stopped short. In 2009, Navy won again, this time by the margin of a fourth-quarter sack in the end zone of Jimmy Clausen for a safety, 23-21. In 2010, Brian Kelly's first season, he had no answer and no plan B for midshipman quarterback Ricky Dobbs as the Irish went down for the second year in a row, 35-17. The Irish then won five straight, including a four-point escape in 2013. In 2016, ND elected a Justin Yoon field goal with 423 remaining to pull within one point. Navy then took the ensuing kickoff and went on to run out the clock to pull off the upset 28-27. The Irish are currently on a three-game win streak, which started in 2017. That year was another one-score victory, 24-17. The deciding points came on a Brandon Wimbush to Kevin Stefferson TD pass in the fourth quarter. The last time the Irish met was 2019, and both teams were ranked in the top 25. Ian Book threw five touchdown passes, and Chase Claypool caught four of them in the game as the 16th-ranked Irish prevailed over number 23, Navy. Overall, during the 25 years of Fighting Irish Preview, the Irish have won 19 over Navy, lost four, and have escaped with six one-score wins. And the 95-year series, which was born out of respect, solidified out of gratitude, and has been really competitive for the last quarter century, renews this week in South Bend as the 7-1 number 10 ranked Irish square off against the midshipmen of Navy.
Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Raise the bar with only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Shearer McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Shearer McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Shearer McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Shearer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sheer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus they're AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sheer McCulloch. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Hi, this is Brett Rump. Congratulations, Phil and Tim. 25 great years of Fighting Irish Preview. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. Tim Priester, well, uh, last week, Fighting Irish Preview was all hail Kyron Williams, and against North Carolina, he certainly lived up to our adoration. So, the game is on the line, the Irish are backed up inside the 10, and Kyron goes on a 91-yard run to the end zone after reversing field, and that had to be the cherry on top of the Sunday, so to speak. Do you remember any more impressive runs in stadium history? Well, nothing like that, where a guy has to reverse field and <laughs> get up the opposite sideline. You know, I, you and I, Phil, I think we've talked about it before, the 85-yard run by Eric Panik in 73 against USC. And Josh Adams had a length of the field run as a, during his freshman season. But I don't know that there's ever been anything quite as exciting as that where a player reverses field. And, you know, I've said it, it was good that he was being chased by a linebacker. A DB might have caught him, 
Uh, but the, but he got great blocks along the way. And it's just a, you know, it's it's one of the great runs in Notre Dame Stadium history. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, the the field reversal part and the stiff arm to clear his own way uh, really differentiates it from those other runs you mentioned, in my opinion. Uh, a tremendous run. And, uh, and the circumstances of the game being backed up like that, you know, North Carolina just cut the lead uh, down to less than a score. And yeah. And he delivered at a critical time with a great, great play. And interestingly enough, our all-time Irish hero, and I'll tease that a little bit for the second segment, is Josh Adams. And so we're going to talk about another guy who had some great breakaway runs later. Uh, well, overall in the game, I thought the offense performed well. They had 10 drives, 7 scores. Jack Cohn, 16-24, 213 yards. Uh, Irish had 293 on the ground, including the 199 from Kyron Williams. 523 total yards, that's easily the biggest output of the year. Uh, Tim, do you think that this offense has kind of reached its pinnacle and it may plateau from here? Or what other areas uh, can they still improve in? And one that comes to my mind has to do with the red zone. Go ahead. Yeah, it's definitely the red zone. That That's the that's the uh, sticking point for Tommy Reese in his first 21 games as offensive coordinator, beginning with Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl. Uh, upon the conclusion of the 2019 season. That is the one thing that differentiates, you know, the teams that average 40 points a game and the ones that average in the low 30s, which is where Notre Dame is. I'm not sure exactly what the solution there is. And and Tommy Tommy Reese has done it. I think he's done a really nice job in 21 games overall. I think he adds a variety to what they do. He does great things with the personnel groupings. But they've just got to be able to pound the football in the end zone or throw it in the end zone in the red zone. And that's been a sticking point for the 21-game offensive coordinator career of Tommy Reese. Yeah, a 55% efficiency in the red zone this year. That's 74th nationally. Not good, obviously. Uh, Two things come to mind in that situation. Deion Colsey, we talked about him earlier in the season as a big body who might be a threat for uh, some fade patterns in the end zone. I don't know. Worth a try. I suppose they'd be trying it if they were confident that would work. Uh, but further development of the offensive line is certainly going to help in short yardage situations. Those would be the hopes. Uh, and another question about the offense, Tim, Tyler Buckner. And uh, he was two for two, 17 yards, four of 16 uh, running on the day. Uh, how confident do we feel about his ability to take over next year? This is kind of a perspective question. Go ahead. You know, I, I think that he's certainly trending in the right direction. Once he got his feet wet a little bit throwing the football at Virginia Tech, you now see that when they bring him in, he's more unpredictable. And Tommy Reese's play calling is more unpredictable. Um, you know, next year we're talking about the load really increasing. He's been banged up a couple times uh, on occasion this year. I, I think they've done a really excellent job of bringing him along, using him effectively. I, I think the combination of the two quarterbacks now, which might have been a little bit clunky earlier in the year, is really working very well. You don't know what Tyler Butner is going to do when he comes in the game. Chances are it's going to be a read option play, but to keep the RPO alive. And so I think he's made great progress. I think he's been handled handled very well as far as taking over and hitting the ground running next year, I believe that they open with Ohio State. So there's going to be some bumps along the way. Clemson's also included on that schedule. But he's trending in the right direction. Uh, he's coachable. He's a smart kid. And I think that we've seen some flashes of just how good he can be. 
Well, I get a little concerned about uh, the fact that he's been banged up and his style of play may lead to that more often. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a a spicy uh, debut for him as a the the starting quarterback next year against Ohio State. Another young player to talk about, freshman Lorenzo Styles. Uh, he actually led the team with 74 yards receiving last week, three on three catches. Uh, and he was available to us this week on Tuesday night, and you did a v- nice feature on him this week on irishillustrated.com. Tim, very mature young man for, what is he, probably 18 years old. I think he's going to be a really good one, but he did drop a long pass last week. But you saw that potentially actually as a positive. Tell us about that. Yeah, the, the, it was a little underthrown. At the minimum, it would have been 40 yards, and he would have been uh, – you know, well over a uh, hundred yards, but I loved his reaction to the miss. He popped right up, ran back to his offensive teammates on the field. And I thought it showed, you know, as a coach, when you see that, when a player makes a mistake, as a coach, you're upset. When a player makes a mistake and you see him respond so positively to it, you as the coach put it behind you and you immediately say, you know, we can go back to that player again. So very impressed with him uh, from an interview standpoint. He has great bursts. He gets his shoulders turned around and gets upfield right after the catch. And he has great speed. So I think the future is really, really bright for Lorenzo Styles, And even more so after spending about 20 minutes talking to him, a very mature kid that understands where he's going. You know, uh, I know body language, as you just said, has always been something that you really zeroed in on as a, as a baseball coach, but uh, a good friend of mine who's a really great football coach, and I can hear him say this over and over again in, in the many hours I spent with him, was that if you're going to be good at this game of football, you have to have a short-term memory. And on that play when Lorenzo Styles dropped the ball, he demonstrated, I thought, the ultimate short-term memory. He just got right back at it. And, and didn't uh, show his disappointment or his being upset with himself. Uh, Tim, the Irish defense gave up 554 yards of total offense. Uh, help me to come to grips with this. This this was a lot of – there are a lot of – there's been a lot this week uh, uh, about giving up so many yards. Poor tackling is what we keep hearing. Blown coverages, chunk plays. First of all, are J.D. Bertrand and Drew White wearing down? And if so, uh, that – kind of worries me for the challenge they have against uh, uh, they're up against this week with Navy. Yeah, they're wearing down. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, playing Navy, it, there's never a good time to play Navy. Being worn down probably isn't it. I think we have to many times, and it's not to excuse Notre Dame. I'm not all about that, but many times we only look at what Notre Dame did and, and not the opponent. North Carolina's had one of the most prolific offenses in the country in the last two seasons, and they're going to get their yards. Sam Howell is going to get his yards both through the air and on the ground. You look at the first seven games of the year for North Carolina, everybody had difficulty tackling Sam Howell when he was running the football. I, we saw Jordan Botello jump on his back, and he couldn't get his legs to crumple and bring him down. He's just a very strong uh, football player. They have a, an excellent scheme with Phil Longo and they can throw it and run it. So not to excuse Notre Dame in any way because they didn't tackle very well. And that's a lot of yards to give up against anybody. But um, you have to look at the opponent in North Carolina, although they're struggling, 
their struggles are on the defensive side of the ball, not the offensive side of the football. That, that's a fact. Uh, and this defense misses Kyle Hamilton, no doubt about that. And we'll talk about more about him in the second segment. In uh, Sam Howell, you, you with the monster game, his numbers, 241 passing uh, and over 100 yards rushing, uh, tremendous. We will see him on Sundays. And thank goodness Notre Dame doesn't have to take that young man on again. He was a warrior out there without question. A question that kind of gets uh, a little off off the beaten path here. Tim, who is Chase Ketterer and why did he show up at the Tuesday player availability? And I know why, but tell us about that. Well, he's a local football player from New Prairie High School, New Carlisle, Indiana, not very far from South Bend. And Brian Kelly talked about him. He's talked about him a couple of times. Um, you know, he's a guy that when Brian Kelly went to watch his son play for St. Joseph High School in South Bend, they were playing New Prairie. They were looking at an offensive lineman, but it also struck Brian Kelly at the time that Chase Ketterer would be a guy that uh, could really help Notre Dame as the scout team quarterback. His academics were in order. And so he runs the scout team. It's particularly uh, important this week because New Prairie runs a, a, an option style of offense. And so he can replicate it as well as anyone has in recent years. Notre Dame always has to take a quarterback, generally speaking, that does not have a background in running triple option football, and, and Chase Ketterer has. So he's come into play uh, this week. Him and, and a couple other walk-ons consistently walk uh, work on their triple option uh, maneuvers during the week on a weekly basis when they have an opportunity. So he's key. He certainly helped Notre Dame in their preparation for playing Navy. Yeah, as you said, a preferred walk-on in high school, Chase Ketterer ran for 5,494 yards and 98 touchdowns from the quarterback position uh, at New Prairie High School, a place uh, that you and I are really familiar with. Okay, college football playoff, first ranking this week, the Irish end up number 10. How do you feel about that? And what did you think about Alabama slotting at number two and Cincinnati at number six? I thought Notre Dame would slot ninth. The fact that they're 10th, I don't have an argument with it because Michigan, with one loss at number seven, has been a much more consistent football team than Notre Dame. Oklahoma at, at, at the number eight spot is 9-0. and oh. They probably have the biggest complaint, although they haven't. They certainly haven't played uh, well either, like Notre Dame. They haven't been consistent, and they haven't beaten uh, you know a whole lot of quality football teams. And a Wake Forest is undefeated, at number nine. So Notre Dame at number ten. I don't I don't think that there's a problem with that. Notre Dame's path to the playoffs we have known, regardless where they were slotted, we knew that it would be difficult for them to get there with the one loss to Cincinnati. Um, you know, probably the most the surprising thing is Cincinnati at number six. Although you have a segment of the country that would have disagreed had they been in the top four. So um, not bad. You know, Nordy will not play a ranked team the rest of the season. Virginia at Virginia will be tough next week. I think just being number 10 and winning out and taking a spot in the New Year's Six Bowl is uh, about where Notre Dame belongs at this point. And that wouldn't be all bad. I think when I first saw this list and I saw Alabama slotted at number two, I, I got to admit I bit my lip a little bit, but that yeah. just, that was just kind of the fan in me coming out. No, uh, and, I, and, I, and I think that's legitimate. I mean, you know, I, I don't buy the argument that they lost to an unranked team. Texas A&M was unranked at the time, but they're six and two, and they're a top ten team. We knew that going into the season. They look, 
Alabama lost to a top 10 team. Now, number two, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's particularly fair. I, I, I think if you had them three or four, that would make a little bit more sense. But I understand that the committee probably didn't want to put Oregon ahead of Alabama. Oregon's number four. I think Michigan State deserves to be ahead of Alabama at this point. But it's all going to work out. Presumably, if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they won't be among the top four. If they win, they belong in it. So it doesn't really matter at this stage whether they're two, three, or four. Although I would agree with you, Phil. I thought two was a – I mean, just under the circumstances, a little bit high. Uh, everybody, uh, the consensus, everybody agrees is Georgia should be number one. That's not a problem. Uh, the two, three, and four teams, you can just throw a, a blanket over them. I was f- actually fine with that, but it just seemed like the order was a little out of whack. And I can't argue with Notre Dame's slot at being number 10 at all. Uh, and I am trained to argue, so I can argue about anything, but I had to, I couldn't disagree with that one. Uh, Tim, five star linebacker and Northwest Indiana product, Drake. Bowen committed to the class of 2023 this week. Four other top linebackers have committed for 2022. Marcus Freeman looks to be getting his guys. And you have your eye on a lineman out of Wisconsin. Talk about him. Uh, Schroth, yeah, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin, one of the one of the top-rated offensive linemen uh, in the country, in Wisconsin. Billy Schroth, very difficult to pull up an offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. I think ultimately Notre Dame will. I think he's waiting on a decision because when you're from Wisconsin and you don't choose the Badgers, um, you know, that can be a little bit controversial in those parts. And I think he's waiting to come closer to the signing date in December. I think ultimately he will choose Notre Dame. It's not a given ever when you're dealing with a with an offensive lineman from Wisconsin, but he's really good. I would say he would be the best offensive guard to come to Notre Dame since Quentin Nelson. I'm not saying he's that good, but I think he would be the best since Nelson came to Notre Dame. Yeah, well, recruiting looking very good. That uh, 20, 2022 class currently rated fifth overall by 24-7, and the 23 class currently rated number three. Uh, that's where Drake Bowen will come in. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero. Key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 364th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. With four regular season games to go, Notre Dame has now won 50 games over the past five years. With four more wins this season, 2017 to 2021 would become the winningest five-year stretch in program history. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. 
This is Fighting Irish Preview. Navy is in town this week. TV coverage on NBC is at 3.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And this year, in honor of 25 years on the air, we are focusing on the great running backs of the Fighting Irish preview years, the last quarter century. And so far this season, we have honored Autry Denson, Julius Jones, Ryan Grant, Darius Walker, Armando Allen, Theo Riddick, Cam McDaniel, CJ Proceis, and this week, Josh Adams. While in high school in Warrington, Pennsylvania, Josh Adams rushed for 2,085 yards and 25 touchdowns as a sophomore. By his senior year in 2014, he was named the Pennsylvania Offensive Player of the Year by USA Today and accepted an offer from Brian Kelly to attend Notre Dame. His impact was nearly immediate because in the 2015 season opener against Texas, Tarian Folston went down with an injury and Adams quickly saw action. On his first carry, he scored a touchdown on a 14-yard run and went on in that first game to gain 49 yards and score twice, while sharing time with last week's hero, C.J. Proceis. A few weeks later, when Proceis was injured, Adams got the start against Wake Forest and made the most of it, 141 yards on 17 carries and a school-record 98-yard touchdown run. In the regular season finale at Stanford, he set another school record, this one a freshman record, with 168 rushing yards for the game. Adams finished his first year with 835 yards and six TDs. He averaged 7.1 yards per carry. The 2016 season was a long one overall for the Irish, but Adams was a bright spot. He exceeded 100 yards in four games and finished the year as the team leader with 933 total yards and five scores and two TD runs over 67 yards. In 2017, Adams put it all together. By midseason, he was part of a Heisman Trophy campaign, which featured his uniform number and the slogan, 33 Trucking. Thousands of baseball caps were made with a distinctive logo, and after being distributed to the students at a game, they became a national bestseller. I still have mine, and I still wear it. The numbers Adams put up in 2017 were staggering. 600-yard games, two 200-yard games, the only player in FBS history with TD runs of over 70 yards in four consecutive games. He totaled 1,430 yards and nine TDs on the year. Adams declared for the NFL after 2017, but left ND with a slew of records. His career rushing total of 3,198 yards ranks fifth on the all-time ND career list, and he ranks third in both all-time average yards per carry at 6.39 and 100-yard rushing games at 15. For his ND career, he totaled 22 touchdowns. Tim, I'll always fondly recall the 2017 season for a couple of reasons. First of all, the rebound by the team after the 2016 season was fun to cover, but the 2017 performance of Josh Adams was spectacular. What a great player. I mean, what a great player. And, you know, he came out of high school. You mentioned his stats. He came out of high school the same time uh, Dexter Williams did. And Dexter Williams was a great high school back as well. Irish Illustrated believed that Adams was the better prospect. We caught a lot of hate for that, but he lived up to it. He was a, a great player, a great representative of, of Notre Dame. His ability to break tackles, 
the career average of 6.4 yards per carry is among the best in Notre Dame history. A lot of respect for him, ran into him uh, before the USC game. Very, uh, I said, understated, very humble human being, humble player. Great running back for Notre Dame. Yeah, in 2017 against Boston College, both Adams and Brandon Wimbush exceeded 200 yards rushing. That's the only time in history that an Irish duo has accomplished that feat. And uh, you speak about Dexter Williams. We will be talking about him next week. Josh Adams, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Navy comes into South Bend at 2-6. and six. They were victors last Friday night over Tulsa by a score of 20-17. to 17. Their other win was in Week 4 over Central Florida, 34-30. Among their six losses, three were within one score, including two weeks ago when the midshipmen came within a touchdown of number two Cincinnati, 27 to 20. The midshipmen also gave number 24 ranked SMU all they wanted in a 34 27 loss. Typical of Navy teams, they run the football a lot and rarely throw it. National ranks tell the story, 14th in rushing yards at 222 per game and dead last 130th in passing yards at 59 per game. Last week in their win over Tulsa, they had zero passing yards on just one attempt. The key guy in the option game is always the quarterback, and the middies have settled on Ty Lavati. He is a 6'2", 210-pound sophomore who has run for 242 yards on 117 attempts and has scored five touchdowns. Lavati does have passing statistics, and they sound like they should be for a game, not for a season. He's 21-39 for 273 yards with two TDs and two interceptions. He has been sacked 13 times, and overall Navy quarterbacks have been sacked 25 times. The leading rushers are senior fullback Isaac Ruas, who has 437 yards and two touchdowns, and senior slotback Carlinos Acey, who has 37 carries and 287 yards, good for 7.8 yards per carry. Acey carried just three times last week, but totaled 80 yards, including a 64-yard burst. The Navy defense allows 30 points per game, which is a lot, but they are ranked a respectable 43rd in total defense, giving up 347 yards per game. NFL prospect senior linebacker Diego Fago, according to Brian Kelly this week, is one of the top five linebackers the Irish will play against all year. Navy has been pretty good at defending the red zone, but they have not had a lot of success at sacking the quarterback as they average just slightly over one sack per game. Against Cincinnati, Navy scored 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to get within a score and then recovered an onside kick in the closing minutes, giving them a chance to tie or win before an interception ended the game. Defending option teams has very little in common with defending conventional teams, and experience in dealing with the option is critical. Fortunately, Notre Dame has that experience. Brian Kelly and his staff have coached against the offense many times, and defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman, while at Cincinnati, faced off against Navy in 2017 and 2018. Tim, Navy was blown out by Marshall 49-7 in Week 1, but since then, they have looked to be steadily improved, but this isn't a great Navy team. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? I think it's how Notre Dame approaches their offense, and it, it will, should work out well because they have gone up-tempo the last couple of weeks. Possessions are always huge against Navy. You, you, you would like to get as many possessions as possible. That's what Notre Dame will shoot for. They'll go up-tempo. They want to score quickly. They want to make Navy 
play from behind and may, and play quote left-handed with their offense. So I think it's up tempo, push the football, get as many possessions as you can. I think the more possessions Notre Dame has, obviously, the more touchdowns they'll score. Go up tempo and 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 score quickly if you can. Get as many possessions as possible. And that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage Key player for the Irish? It's because of that approach, Phil, that I like. Uh, I like Jack Cohn. Uh, you know, it's easy to pick Kyra Williams every week because, generally speaking, he's going to do something spectacular. But I think Cohn is going to excel uh, against this defense. Now, it's a decent Navy defense. I like their linebackers. Their front seven in general is pretty good. But you can put points up on them. Uh, like I said, if you can get the possessions, play up tempo, get up and down the field, and make Navy play from behind, which obviously is not where they want to be. Jack Cohn is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 21 Indiana locations. Tim, where are the Irish stand health-wise this week? And tell us everything you know about Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> well, Kyle <laughs> Hamilton will not play this week. I, I, our sources are telling us if he is, is healthy enough, He'll play against Virginia the following week. The reason I say that is because he's a he's a top five pick, and and uh, you know he could make the decision to bypass the rest of the season. But we're being told if he's healthy, he'll play against Virginia. Everybody else should be good to go. Chris Tyree still the the toe injury. Nordings linebackers a little bit beaten up as the plays are starting to add up as they get into November. But uh, Kyle Hamilton is the only player considered to be definitely out for the Navy game. Okay, well, it'll be Coach Hamilton for at least one more week, and I, I certainly understand the dynamics of that situation and whatever decision the young man makes uh, will be supportive. Thanks, Tim, and that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report, and it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by Polypro. Beautiful, four times stronger than epoxy, lifetime warranty garage floors, in one day. Check them out at polyprofloors.com. My wife and I love our polypro floor. Look them up on Facebook or go to polyprofloors.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by 20 and a half points. What does America's foremost authority say? I think 20 and a half is a lot considering the emotions invested against USC at night, North Carolina at night at home. I don't think Notre Dame's going to hit their emotional peak in this game. It's very difficult to do that. Uh, Navy has a way of uh, influencing that as well. But I do think as we talked about possessions, I do think Notre Dame's going to move the football. Navy's going to have difficulty moving the football. They have uh, on the season, they have just five plays of 30 yards or more. So they're not a big play offense. They're capable, but this is not a typical Navy team. It just isn't. I have a score of 33-16 in favor of the Fighting Irish. Notre Dame 33, Navy 16. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Uh, I might as well just repeat everything you just said. That's what my notes say practically, and my score is really close too. But Navy, here, here's how I feel about the game. Unless... Navy turns the ball over a few times. This is not going to be a blowout. And again, that gets down to that possession issue. On the other hand, even if it stays fairly close, the Irish have superior athletes. Uh, they have good experience at defending the option. And this is not a vintage Navy squad. My pick is Notre Dame 34, 
Navy 17. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovel and Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.